0: This is the What If I Told You Podcast, a show where we like to eat food and solve cold cases. Yeah! It's gonna be a good episode. My favorite topics,
1: missing people. Mm, mm, mm. They really are my favorite true crime stories. Yeah, it's just like an obsession, because it's yes. a true mystery. It It is, and you know... If we're talking about it, that means that this person is unfound. Right. And we want to add to the conversation that's going to maybe lead to them being found. Yes, exactly. So these are just my, they're my favorite stories, but also really, really frustrating that they're not solved. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, hey, whatever though.
0: It's just so crazy to me. That human beings just can go missing and nothing. Yeah. I know it's like a big world and we're in a very large country. Mm -hmm. And there's so many places that these people can be if they're still alive.
1: Right. But it just, it always blows my mind. It is baffling to the nth degree. It's terrifying. Yeah. Speaking of nth degree, um I was watching what Dakota and I were watching something the other day and someone on the show I realize I'm giving you all the details. <laughs> we were watching something and someone said to the ninth degree, mm. and I have to always like rein in that part of me that wants to immediately correct what is that from? The nth degree. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a math thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Totally wouldn't know that.
1: I think it's just kind of an infinite, maybe. Okay. Or an un, like unsolved degree. Okay. So when you say to the nth degree, it's just like beyond what we know. It's a degree that we have not yet solved for. Okay. But the ninth degree... That is not unsolved. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> but I heard it, and I'm very self-conscious about how much I correct other people.
0: I don't think I've ever used the phrase to the ninth degree anyways.
1: No, of course, of course. Yeah. It, yeah. And if you do in the future, you you should say "nth."
0: Okay, I got it.
1: But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just reminded me of that. But... It's so such a conscious thing that I have to prevent myself from doing mm-hmm. because it's a knee-jerk reaction for me. This person was on the TV. They're not gonna hear me correct them. <laughs> but it's just a knee-jerk reaction for me to go, it's nth, you idiot. <laughs> but I don't wanna be that bitch that's over here. Like
0: right into the show. <laughs>
1: Excuse me. <laughs> You're a goddamned idiot. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I have been staying up way too late on the weekends. Mm. I was up until almost 3 a.m. this morning. Jesus loves me. Um, You know I play Red Dead
1: Redemption? Mm-hmm. Love that game. Yeah.
0: And we all know I'm not a gamer besides The Sims,
1: which... Does that count as being a gamer? I don't think The Sims counts as being a like a gamer. Yeah,
0: because there's there's no online community. You can't like interact with other people's Sims.
1: No, really. you're you're satisfying the latent interior designer inside of you. Exactly. Yeah, but I joined this group of people
0: um that have like a little crew of Red Dead Online players, and I was like really hesitant at first because i've never played online games Mm -hmm. because once i started like my online account for that game it was fun but i'm like like this is kind of boring like i wish i had someone to play with right and so i joined this crew they're super fucking awesome um we just have a lot of laughs, and they're, like, super nice, and it's just a whole new experience. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say I feel nerdy, but I did feel kind of nerdy at first, because I'm just not, I've just, just because I've never been into games, I yeah. feel like it's a late time in my life to get into <laughs> that, but, yeah, it's a, it's fun, and so... If you guys are listening, I know a couple of you probably are because there are a couple of people that listen to us now. Hell yeah! Um, Gator, Titus, Ghost. I Harley. mean, these,
1: these are some solid ass names, though. Dude, I mean, I'm telling Gator? you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now everyone calls me Binks because it's part of my gamer tag. Mm-hmm. Um, so that took a while to get used to. But, yeah, you guys are awesome. Thanks for making me not feel awkward talking to people I'll never meet in my real life. So, yeah. I hope to uh, start sleeping more on the weekends. (laughs) Good God.
1: Yeah. We were up late, pretty late last night, because Dakota had to go to a going-away party, and I didn't go. I just dropped him off and picked him up. Because I just didn't want to go. Yeah, I mean, I just don't
0: want to go out, really. Unless it's, like, just dinner.
1: Um, I honestly like going out, but I'm very particular about who I'm with. Oh, absolutely. So, like, the going away party he went to is... A friend of ours, Brandon, Mm -hmm. he's not going away, but his roommate Jake is moving Mm -hmm. and Jake is a great guy. So nice. Really like Jake. Um, But there was going to be a ton of other people that I didn't know there. Yeah, that's awkward. And so I, I don't like being one of those people that's just like attached to like my significant other all night. Yeah. And there wasn't really going to be anyone there for me to, like, hang out with. Right. So I was like, do I want to wash my hair for this? <laughs> no. I, I simply do not. So. Look at my hair right now. This is day three. Really?
0: Yeah. It
1: It doesn't, like, look bad at all. I, I'm i fucking proud of myself. Excellent job. So. I washed it this morning since i'm going on a date later yeah with ryan gosling yeah for i'm really
0: excited for you thank you hopefully we procreate i i'm advocating for it yeah
1: so. i feel like that baby would be attractive
0: yeah i think if ryan gosling had a baby with anyone any on this person earth. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> yeah well and and he's just so underrated And I I was talking to Dakota about this because we were watching Crazy Stupid Love Mm -hmm. after I'd already retrieved him from his party. And I was like, okay, so Ryan Gosling is a handsome fella. Yeah. But really what makes him so attractive is his vibe. Like he's got an air about him that makes him... Just like that sexy quality it's like the expressions on his face yes yeah it's like because he's no like
0: tom hardy or leonardo dicaprio
1: yeah so like tom hardy has a perfect face and a perfect mouth and he could have zero swag and he would still be like super hot right but ryan gosling he's he's got the airs yeah the air of sexy, right? But
0: Ryan, but if you're also, listening, <laughs>
1: also a great face. Like he's also got a good face. It's important. It is important um, to have a nice face. Yeah, yeah. The face obviously
0: is the most important, right? I mean, besides, you know, their good nature.
1: Nah. <laughs> uh, no, we're not shallow. Maybe a little. It's fine. It's fine. As long as you acknowledge it. Yeah. It's probably fine. Yeah. But that movie's great, by the way. Steve Carell. I've seen it. Never disappoints me. I love Steve Carell in every single thing he's in, except Anchorman 2. Garbage. Mm. Yeah, they could have
0: stopped at one.
1: Yeah. The Anchorman, the OG. ...is a perfect comedy film. Yeah, it's great. Holds up. Everything about it is hilarious. Right. Anchorman 2, trash. Yeah, there was no need. Dakota and I went and saw in theaters, and I... The whole theater, I don't think, laughed at all. (laughs) Like, zero laughs. And that movie is long. It felt like it was a four-hour movie. It probably wasn't, but...
0: Maybe like an hour and a half, probably.
1: Yeah, which is standard, but it felt long. (laughs) (laughs) I remember
0: we went to see Super Troopers 2 when it came out in theater. And uh, there was like no one in there, obviously. But uh, (laughs) yeah, there was a couple in there with their very newborn baby. And if you're a parent that takes your newborn children to the theater, great i guess but it was awkward because it was loud as fuck in there
1: yeah huh i also there was
0: one time i was at a red hot chili peppers concert and like two rows over there was like a two-year-old weird i'm like what are you doing this is not fucking disney on ice (laughs) it's two years old
1: is that is weird to me and they didn't even have headphones on (sighs) that's crazy Obviously, I don't know how fragile two-year-old ears are. I mean, I think two-year-olds are just fragile to be at a and
0: red-hot Chili Peppers sponsor. Yeah, concert.
1: I was more concerned about, like, them
0: getting trampled. Trampled or, like, I don't know, secondhand high. Yeah. They're de- they were definitely high when they left. Absolutely they were. It was awkward as fuck. Get a fucking babysitter. I really try not to judge parents... I'm a little judgy about that. But, I mean, I just think that there's a line. I agree. Like, don't take your baby to a concert with thousands of people there.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yes. They, the odds of you getting injured at a concert like Red Hot Chili Peppers as an adult is about 90%. Yeah. If you were two. Like, what if they were just,
0: like, walking up the stairs and they, there's so many people. Yeah. You can trip with
1: them. They, yeah. You can't hear shit. Yeah.
0: You know, I don't, it was like, it made me uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, that's wild. I mean, the things that I have seen at the concerts I've been to, people getting their gauges ripped out of their ears, like, right. I almost every concert I've ever been to, with the exception of Bam, because they're more of a stand and watch, mm-hmm. listen to the music kind of they're, like, progressive-progressive, so they're not a mosh kind of yeah. situation. But every single other show I've ever been to, I come home with bruises.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember my first mosh experience was Taking Back Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, And we, like, we were pretty young. We were 15, 16. Um, was that at City Market? It was at... Buzz Beach Ball. So it had like the two different stages. I don't mm-hmm. remember where it's where they hold Buzz Beach Ball, though. I don't think I, it's a thing anymore.
1: No. um, I saw Taking Back Sunday at Buzz Under the Stars. Because it was outside. Uh, yeah. Outside at City Market in 2009. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, there
0: were a bunch of people there. But it got, I mean, it got so bad. And like, we were young. Like, mm-hmm. dudes were like these girls need to get out of here and they like crowd surfed us out so i couldn't imagine taking a baby to yeah. any concert unless it's like fucking i don't know classical music
1: yeah a two-year-old could have gone to the BT Bam show like
0: e- yeah because just... you just
1: sit, like sit but we were probably at the same show we i mean we might have been that makes me want to get on facebook was the used there i don't know
0: Cause we well, can... this was Buzz Beach Ball, not Buzz Under the Stars. See, it It was sounds... Taking Back Sunday, Franz Ferdinand.
1: Who else was the there? Offspring? Because it... I just don't remember. It Cause there were I mean like... there was
0: a lot of lot of bands there, but I yeah. don't remember.
1: In two thousand nine, I was nineteen, and I... you would have been fifteen for I... that same year. Yeah,
0: I want to say I might have been a sophomore when this happened.
1: Yeah. I, know. I I
0: will scroll my Facebook pictures and find the <laughs> date and look
1: that shit up and see what bands were there. Yeah. Because we went, I went to see The Used, me and Sis.
0: I feel like I would remember if The Used was there.
1: Yeah. And then our friend Ariel was there and our friend Becca were there to see Taking Back Sunday and the offspring were also there. Were um, there turkey legs there? Uh, I don't... There were booths, like, all, like, yeah. everywhere. I don't remember what food was there because we didn't eat, but... I just don't remember a lot of my surroundings.
0: We'll figure yeah. this out. Now I have stand to stand Standby. Standbys. Anyways. Um, yeah, here we go. All oh, right. Yep. Yeah. Oh, breakfast nook.
1: Oh, right. We ate breakfast. We had breakfast. It was great. We decided to... Give a nod to our girl, Leslie Nope and have waffles. Love waffles. Who doesn't love a waffle? I don't know. I much prefer waffles over pancakes. I agree. Um, I definitely prefer waffles to pancakes. Um, but I think my favorite in that genre of food is French toast. Ugh, French toast. I love French toast. It's so good. We're going to do French toast at some point, so... But we had waffles, um, the thick Belgian kind, mm. so they were nice and fluffy. I actually have a waffle iron that is the Millennium Falcon. That's intense. Uh, Dakota got it for me one year for Christmas. Like it's that? the we shit. don't have a waffle iron. Why? I don't know. Yeah. I just need to buy one. They're so Necessary. Yeah, even though you're only gonna use it like twice a year, right? Because odds are, if you're having waffles, you probably went and got waffles. True, or they're frozen waffles. Yeah, and nothing's wrong with Egos. No, I, I can I, love Egos. I like to make PB and J sandwiches out of Egos. I like blueberry Egos. Me too, with some chocolate milk. Yeah, no mm-hmm. one else
0: in my house likes blueberry Egos.
1: Really? I like blueberry anything. Same blueberry donuts, mm, the best. Mm, so good. The fucking best. Okay. So, now we're going to talk about some social channels. They're there. Visit them. Yep. Uh we we're TikToking. We're trying to be creative, trying to make cool videos. So that, you know, we're fresh. Yep. So we've got some going on there. Uh, I've been getting a lot of help from Dakota on the the TikTok aesthetic. Perfect. Um, Thank you, has, Dakota. He has a real eye for that sort of thing. I think he's picked the music on all the TikTok videos that I have posted on our TikTok. So. Love that. I trust his judgment. He's doing a great job. He's doing the Lord's work. we don't have any mail no we don't have any mail and and oh you know what we
0: do have a fucking chips corner oh shit so while he was listening to the last episode lacey peterson lacey peterson it took him a long time to think that scott did it oh really
1: yes Okay, mm-hmm. so was he, like, just on the fence the whole time? What was his, What was the tipping point? Really more
0: towards the end is when he was like, okay, he fucking did it. But the big thing I took away from Chip's conversation with me about that case is you and I were both like, why the fuck would you choose to go out on a boat rather than golfing when it's cold? Mm-hmm. And he had a very good point. Because if you're bundled up, your golf game is not going to be great. Because it takes a lot of you know, you know, situating and motions to get the good a good swing, which mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. I don't play golf, um, but I mean, if you're bundled up, like you're not going to perform like you
1: think you should. Mm-hmm. So that made sense to me. That does. I completely understand why why Scott didn't want to go golfing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. It's cold. I didn't look at it that way. I didn't think about the bundling up. It makes sense for mm-hmm. sure. Um, It still doesn't explain why he's on the boat. Right. You're going to get fucking wet. Yeah, you are. And it doesn't matter how many clothes you have on in the boat. If they're wet, you're cold. Yeah, exactly. Scott, you fucking idiot. Stupid. So Stupid. Okie
0: dokie. So today we are doing another one of our most puzzling missing persons cases.
1: Yes. This one really I we say this about every missing person case, <laughs> but I think this one is the only one that there's real evidence that could point to different things. Right. Like, with Bryce and Caitlin Akins, they're kind of like, the theories are kind of pulled out of the air a little bit more.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Bryce especially is, like, in the fucking winds. Mm -hmm. But Leah Roberts, who we're doing today, hers, I really think that the the solid theories all have evidence for them. Right. Which is cool.
0: So Leah Roberts was born in 1976, and she was the youngest of three. Her older siblings were Heath, her brother, and then Kara, her sister. She grew up in Durham, North Carolina. And when she was 17, her father was diagnosed with chronic lung disease. And this, of course, put a big strain on her family.
1: Um, Yeah, and... To be clear, because I, when I was writing this, I was a little like, because I, for some reason, thought that this was saying that her dad had passed away Mm -hmm. recently, like soon after this, but he didn't. Right. So he's alive. He's just ill.
0: Not long after his diagnosis, Leah began college in 1995 at North Carolina State University. She would be nearby in the city of Raleigh. When she was 20 and a sophomore at NCSU, Leah's mother died suddenly of a heart attack. So, by the age of 20, her mom's gone. You know, her dad has been diagnosed. And uh, that's rough.
1: Yeah. And, like, lung disease is, like, really, really crippling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So...
0: Leah actually decided to take some time off from school, but returned uh, in 1998 and not too long after returning to school, Leah got into a serious car accident that actually left her with a punctured lung and a shattered femur.
1: The punctured, the punctured lung is crazy. Like, she legit almost died. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Surgeons had to insert a metal rod next to her femur bone so that it would regrow correctly.
1: Yeah, I think the metal rod was permanent. Like, they just, in order to hold her leg straight. Because the, and what's crazy is the femur is your largest Mm -hmm. bone. Mm -hmm. God, to shatter that thing is fucking crazy. Yeah.
0: Leah told her sister Kara later on that when she saw the truck that she hit, pull out in front of her she was certain she would die and felt quote born again after her recovery she took some time off of college and decided she wanted to live her life to the fullest which is i mean
1: yeah i I have an experience like that yeah that near-death experience i think a lot of people have this kind of epiphany moment yeah and that's that's what she is experiencing and that's why i think she she joins this like mission f- field program
0: yeah yeah so in 99 um she was scheduled to leave for costa rica for a field program but 3 weeks before she was scheduled to go her father actually passed away but she decided to go ahead and still go and since she was leaving the country and no longer had either of her parents, Leah granted Kara, her sister, power of attorney over her bank accounts, where some money that she had inherited from her parents had been deposited.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, probably a requirement of programs like that, that yeah. you have to appoint power of attorney. Right. Um, and I think she had a decent chunk of money from that she inherited from her parents.
0: Yeah. So 6 months before she was set to graduate, she actually decided to drop out of college altogether, which I I get, but yeah, that's crazy. It
1: sounds like she had 1 semester left.
0: Yeah. Her siblings of course tried to talk her out of it and tried to get her to complete her dual degrees in Spanish and anthropology, but she just straight up refused and instead she learned to play the guitar took up photography as a hobby and adopted a pet kitten that she named b which
1: i think is so precious i it love is the name b
0: that sounds like such a fun life to start pursuing
1: it you just fucking play yes. the guitar and get a cat and be a photographer
0: i'm halfway there
1: i mean you a do, third of the way there you have a cat yeah And his name starts with a B. Shut, dude. You are almost... You're almost... I'm almost there. Yeah. You just gotta get a guitar and a camera. Anyway, back to Leah Roberts. Anyways, so she has her guitar. She is taking pictures.
0: She has a new pet kitten named B. And she began hanging out in a lot of local coffee houses. Sounds like my life. Yeah. And she started writing poetry about the meaning of life throughout her journals and, of course, making new friends in the process. With one of them, Janine Quiller, and with her roommate, Nicole Bennett, she discussed the idea of emulating beat generation novelist Jack Kerouac and going on a road trip to the West. So she's just doing it all.
1: Yeah, and Jack Kerouac, he was very... Like obviously, his like seminal work is on the road, mm-hmm. and the piece that comes up the most often with this case is actually the follow-up novel, which is Dharma Bombs. He's your typical like beat. He's the beat novelist. Mm-hmm. You know, you also have Allen Ginsberg and like Ken Kissy, which we talked about in our MK Ultra episode. But they were very. They weren't like. Anarchists per se—that's more of like your like punk rock is more like anarchy, mm-hmm. but they were really anti-establishment, anti-capitalism. You know, you don't need to own things; it's about experiencing life. Mm-hmm. So obviously, that's speaking to her. Yeah. So she's Jack kerouac to the west. She's doing the thing. She's doing the thing, living her life. Living her best life, as the kids say these days. So, her actual disappearance is what we're going to get into now. So, on the morning of March 9th, -hmm. in the year 2000, Leah and Kara, they're having a chit-chat, and they're not making any solid plans. Like, no, we're going to meet on... Friday at 6. They're Mm -hmm. just like, oh, we should meet up, we should hang out, blah, blah, blah. Loose, vague plans. Kara specifically recalls that when the conversation ended, it was with the understanding that they would be seeing each other sometime in the near future. They were going to get together soon.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And later in the afternoon on the 9th, Leah and her roommate Nicole had agreed To do some babysitting together the next day. And then Nicole went out, had to go to work, and when she got back later, she noticed that Leah's 1993 white Jeep Cherokee was not there and neither was Leah. So, obviously, she's not thinking anything about this because they're college-age students. Yeah, she might just not be there. Yeah, and Leah had been coming and going. You know, she... Wasn't in school and didn't need to work because of her inheritance. So she'd been kind of in and out at different times yeah. randomly for a while now. There's really no need to panic yeah. just because someone's, yeah. Yeah. And it's not out of character for her to just leave her house. Right. Cause people do that. Cause people do that. Yeah. Especially in the year of 2000. People yes. left their house. Yeah, now, it might be a little... Without more. texting yeah.
0: everyone they know exactly. saying, this is what I'm doing.
1: Yes, exactly. They were off the grid, if you will. I mean, pretty much. And Nicole and Leah are just roommates and friends. It's not like they're a couple, so they're not communicating, hey, I'm going yeah. here. yeah. So, of course, she didn't think anything about it. But when Leah did not show up for the babysitting gig the next day... Nicole started to think about, oh, this could be a little weird. Mm -hmm. Because they had, like, solid plans. I'm sure that they were probably getting paid for this babysitting gig. Right. So, Nicole was kind of like, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the, like, that's the tipping point for me. Exactly. Yes. Um, and by the end of the following day so march 11th leah was still nowhere to be seen other friends and family who had expected to see her during this time had said that she like flaked on plans with them as well Mm -hmm. so at this point people are noticing that she's gone and something is something's up yeah so on monday march 13th Kara, her sister, reports her missing to the Durham police. So it it's hard to say with this kind of timeline and the kind of in and out schedule that Leah had been keeping exactly what day mm-hmm. she disappeared, but it's sounding like the 9th or 10th is the day that she left. Yeah. So... She was officially reported missing on Monday, the 13th of March. So now we're on March 14th,
0: which is the day after Kara reported Leah missing. Yes. And on the 14th, Kara, along with Leah's roommate, Nicole, uh, searched Leah's room and a significant amount of Leah's clothes are actually missing, which to most people would suggest that she planned to be gone a long time. Mm-hmm. Leah also seemed to have taken her cat B with her, which I would have totally taken Binks with me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was feel taken like... off? Yeah. Clothes, check. Cat, check. Yeah. So clearly she knows she's going to be gone for a while.
0: Yeah. And she actually left a note that said, I'm not suicidal. I'm the opposite. Which... Then reassured her sister and friends and mentioned Kerouac.
1: Yeah. So I think the note is pretty lengthy and I think there is some like poetic lines Mm -hmm. in there. And so she does the poetry verses. She adds some Kerouac in there. And then she, but she does make sure to specifically say, I'm not suicidal. Yeah. I mean... I
0: know that's, like, red flaggy for some people, but if I were to just take off, especially in the year 2000, Mm -hmm. I probably am not communicating a lot on my phone.
1: Right. And if I
0: didn't want people to worry, like, I'm just going to be with myself, I'm doing this, I would probably say something like that
1: yeah or like everything's fine don't worry about me
0: yeah exactly so i to me like i would obviously panic if i saw a note like that from you right now yeah you know because you probably would have been like yo i'm going on a road trip by myself everything's
1: fine yeah it, right, yeah.
0: If I came over here one day and, like, you and Dakota weren't here and I saw a note that said, we're not suicidal, we're the opposite, I'd be like, <laughs> call the fucking police. They have been abducted.
1: Yeah. It, it's, two, the year 2000 is such a different time. Right, so notes then, and we, I mean, it
0: was a long time ago. I feel like it was, I mean, I was only six. Yeah. Um, but I remember the year 2000.
1: Yeah. I was, uh... At this point in time, I was nine years old.
0: Yeah, so it wasn't weird to leave a note. No. You left notes. That's what you did. Yeah, people
1: communicated with pen and paper. Yes. I used to, like, leave my parents' notes when I was in high school, if I was leaving, to go somewhere. Yeah. You know?
0: My mom used to leave me notes, like, on the kitchen counter, because, yeah, you know, I, she got home late from work, and uh yeah, there was just right there, because she knew that that's where people walked into the door.
1: Exactly, yeah. My, so, my mom and Angel both would leave notes when they would leave for work in the morning or whatever, like, here's your lunch money, or whatever. Right, yeah.
0: Like, there's a frozen pizza in the fridge. You know, back then, that wasn't a phone
1: call. That wasn't a reason to call someone. Absolutely not. So... And parents weren't texting. I don't think I texted my parents until... Very recently. Yeah. Like, I still don't text my dad. Like, he still calls me. Oh, yeah. My dad has a flip phone. <laughs>
0: He's never touched a piece of technology more advanced than a flip phone in his entire life. He's never typed on a keyboard. <laughs>
1: I think my heart just stopped.
0: <laughs> like, the direct TV guide is not something for him.
1: He will... Ch- channel channel. Oh <laughs> Son, I can't. When I was younger, Dillard used to do that shit. He would just Ugh. flip channels. And, and
0: it was fine when he had, like, nine channels.
1: Yeah. When...
0: Maybe he is using the guide now. I don't know. I'll I, have to I ask hope Judy. so. But, yeah, my dad cannot operate technology um even his voicemail oh my gosh i wish i could call him right now and him not answer (laughs) uh it says like this is gene leave a message and then you hear like struggle and then you hear him say press pound
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing it gets me every time that's hilarious Ugh, I can't. Dillard used to do that shit with the TV, and I would always be like, Excuse me, sir. Use the goddamn guide. We're coming into something halfway through, and we don't even know. We have no idea what this next channel is, and I am not prepared for that. (laughs) (laughs) He also used to like to watch the Spanish channel all the time, like mexican game shows and stuff no variety shows he doesn't speak spanish okay he has no idea what's happening if he spoke spanish i would be like okay he he wants to get into some spanish television that's great he doesn't speak spanish he has no idea what the (laughs) fuck they're saying but loves it
0: do you know what i miss 38 the spot after like 8 p.m (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) Fucking King Malcolm in the Middle. Dude, <laughs> Malcolm in the Middle. I Dakota, show. Dakota loves Malcolm in the Middle. I never watched it.
0: It was good. I don't remember anything
1: about it. Yeah. But it was great. <laughs> I didn't really watch any sitcom TV until I started watching The Office.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess when I got to that age where I was no longer watching PBS, mm-hmm.
1: it was 38
0: The Spot. So yeah. huge transition there. Like, I went Wildly from Zabu so.
1: To <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'm trying God. to think of what else was on 38. The spot King of Queens is like the only thing I can think of. Third Rock from the Sun, that 70s show. That 70s show. That's a good which, one. I mean, that's a classic show. Yes, it is. Um, so, along
0: with the note, she had bundled some cash, which was approximately a month's worth of her share of the rent and her expenses. And suggested that she would be returning eventually. So that is also not weird. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not going to return, like, who the fuck cares about your last months of rent?
1: Yeah. Like, exactly. she knew,
0: I'm going to be back in a few weeks, but I know rents do next yeah. week. You yeah. Know? yeah. The note was illustrated with the drawing of the Cheshire Cat's grin. Okay, so since... Leah's sister, Kara, still had power of attorney over her bank accounts. She was able to look at her sister's financial records and discovered that Leah had withdrawn several thousand dollars on the afternoon of March 9th and then used her debit card to pay for a motel room near Memphis, Tennessee. Still not super weird other than all the cash if she had a debit card.
1: Right. That is true. So, I mean. Having a large amount of cash when you have a debit card is, is weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Later transactions were were purchases of gas or food and their locations suggesting that Leah was traveling west along Interstate 40 and then north on Interstate 5 when she reached I-40's western end of California. After a gas purchase shortly after midnight on the morning of March 13th in Brooks, Oregon, all activity on Leah's accounts ended. Then at the same time, she She's, had cash. She has thousands of dollars in cash. So like little tidbits of this are red flaggy. Mm-hmm. But then like you can kind of wrap around to like, well, so what? She wasn't using your debit card anymore. She had thousands of dollars in cash.
1: Yeah. And it is possible that her that this is the year two thousand, cash was still king at that point. And so they're probably she was probably planning or thinking that she was going to be stopping at places that might not take card at that, you know, like... Yeah, and it's 2000 It's 2000 Cash, so... Cash is the number one currency still. Yeah. I mean, obviously debit cards existed, ATM cards, whatever, but there were probably many local shops and stuff at that time that didn't take cards. Yeah, I... So it makes sense that she would also want cash... Yeah. Thousands of dollars in cash. Thousands? a little weird. That's a lot. If I was gonna
0: if it was 2000, I was gonna take off for a couple weeks on my car, I may pull out like 500 bucks in cash.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I don't know. You don't know. It's it's crazy because at this I wouldn't pull out cash at all to go on a trip now. Mhm. But I mean in 2000, there were probably ATM fees. Like, now, the AT, like our bank pays like, back ATM fees. Yeah, and it's like three bucks. Yeah, so if she was thinking, I don't... But back then, maybe they didn't pay back ATM fees, so you would be charged $3 to pull out yeah. cash, so she didn't want to do that. It makes... It's red-flaggy-ish, but I get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, to understand why... Leah was heading to the Pacific Northwest. Her sister, Kara, and Leah's best friend, Susie Smith, went to the coffee shops in Durham that Leah had been frequenting. And there they found Janine Quiller, with whom Leah had discussed Kerouac's work. The two had been particularly struck by Kerouac's 1958 novel, The Dharma Bums. And that was a sequel to the better known On the Road in which he had, for a time, worked as a U.S. Forest Service fire lookout on Desolation Peak in the Northern Cascade Mountains of Washington, where he was profoundly affected by the beauty of the landscape. Leah had expressed interest in seeing that area for herself, which, I mean, isn't weird. People yeah. read about things, see things, they want
1: to see it for themselves. Exactly. And the Pacific Northwest is notoriously scenic. Yeah. You know, people, I want to live there. People love Oregon and love Washington State. Mm-hmm. Kara was relieved to have discovered her
0: sister's probable objective, and Leah's accounts had showed no new activity, but Kara had no reason to believe that something unfortunate to her had occur- occurred, because... With her
1: lifestyle change, Mm -hmm. I feel
0: like things just matched up.
1: Yeah, I think she at this point has, she's satisfied that Leah left on a road trip. All of her transactions across the country support that. And she has a pretty probable destination in mind. Yeah. So I think it's reasonable. The conclusion that Kara comes to that, you know, she kind of loosely knows where Leah is headed. Right. And she's not super worried. Mm -hmm. And she also knows she has a bundle of cash on her. Yeah. So she's like, okay, her card's not being used, but she has all this cash. Makes sense. Right. Yeah. So now we're going to get to when things get sticky. So the discovery of Leah's car turns everything around. So Kara's birthday was March 18th, and she kind of expected Leah to at least call her and wish her happy birthday, but she never received a call from Leah. Instead, on that day, she received a note from the Durham County Sheriff's Office telling her to call one of their counterparts at the whatcom county sheriff's office in bellingham washington so she calls and she at that point learns that on that very day march 18th leah's jeep had been discovered in a remote forest but leah was not present with the vehicle Mm -hmm. so early on the morning of march 18th a couple was jogging on the canyon creek road which is just south of the Canada-U.S. border. They had noticed articles of clothing on the side of the road next to uh, where the road curves and slopes down. Mm -hmm. And there were clothes. Some of them had been tied to the trees and branches along the roadside, which I found very weird. Yeah. Um, And in the woods below, at the bottom of the embankment, was Leah's Jeep. And it was severely damaged. Mm -hmm. So judging by the path that it took and the damage to the tree, the trees and the car, they suspect that the Jeep was traveling around 40 miles per hour when it went off the road. So the contents were slung out of the car and Mm -hmm. the damage to the car looked as if it had rolled multiple times. Yeah. So it's crunched, basically, is what I'm gathering. Yeah. Um, However, there was no blood in the car. Once again. No no blood.
0: blood in a wrecked vehicle.
1: Um, There were also no shatter marks, like, on the windshield where you would, like, hit the windshield with your head or something. Right. None of that is happening. The seat belt is not, like, stretched as if it was on someone. Stretched and locked. Right. So... They're looking at this and thinking it's entirely possible that there was no one actually in the car when it wrecked. Mm -hmm. So that's obviously a red flag. However, it gets weirder. There were blankets and pillows hung inside the windows of the car, suggesting that it had been used as a shelter after it had been wrecked. So. And I, there was, like, the cat box was in there, but the cat wasn't there. There was, like, the pet supplies, like, under the vehicle. So, Uh, that's weird, but the cat was nowhere to be found. Her passport, checkbook, driver's license, clothes, guitar, CDs. Basically, all of her shit was found scattered in the surrounding area. Mm -hmm. Bits of cat food, the cat carrier. All found in the vehicle, but the cat, as we said, has never been found. Um, and there were valuables left in the vehicle. It's so weird if she were in this car when mm-hmm. that
0: happened. That for one, there's no blood. That
1: yeah, that
0: you get in a car accident like that, you're bleeding somewhere.
1: Yeah, a roll rolling. Multiple times, yeah, if you're bleeding for sure, I mean, I
0: touch paper all day, and there's blood at least three times a week, I, yes, um, but to have then been in that car accident, there be no blood and then be okay enough to be like, "Well, fuck, and then build your shelter in it,
1: yeah, yes, it's the the weird, weirdest part for me, I think, is the blankets and pillows hung in the windows. Making, like, a makeshift shelter right, is weird. But she left all of her belongings strung out and didn't retrieve them. So she's wrecked. She's made a shelter. But her shit's scattered everywhere. And she hasn't gathered it and put it back in her car. Mm-hmm. And it, robbery is ruled out because there are still valuables in her car. There's $2,500 mm-hmm. in cash in a pants pocket. Jewelry was found in there. So, obviously, nobody... It doesn't look like anybody robbed her. Otherwise, they did a real shit job of it. Yeah. So, that's kind of out the window. So, at this point, Kara and Heath, her siblings, fly to Bellingham to kind of assist the investigators. They visited the crash site and created flyers that they posted around town. They went into businesses that Leah may have visited and kind of inquired with the owners and customers. In her belongings, they found a box of what looked like souvenirs, mementos from her trip, and they kind of include provided some clues as to when she had arrived in Whatcom County, um, a ticket stub from a March 13th, showing of American beauty at theaters in Bellingham um, show that she probably spent at least a few hours in the city after arriving, obviously, because she watched a movie Mm -hmm. and um, at the beginning of the day, following the five to six hour drive from where she bought gas in Oregon. uh, She was there in the city of Bellingham for several hours before the crash I assume, obviously, yeah. before the crash. Near that theater was um, the only sit-down restaurant near the mall where the theater was. And Heath and Kara believe that Leah may have gone there for a meal. Not sure what made them think that, but they did. So police were led to two customers, both men, who not only recalled Leah, but had actually sat next to her at the restaurant's counter that on the 13th of March. And we're talking with her about Jack Kerouac and her plans and blah, blah, blah. There's so much Jack Kerouac happening. I don't... Obviously, in the year 2000, I was not reading Jack Kerouac. (laughs) But... it (laughs) Was he, like... Was he... Like experiencing a resurgence in the year two thousand, I feel like those there have been waves, yeah, like waves where people are just trying to be beatniks again. I guess. Okay. I mean, I I don't know. It's it's always like I always find it a little weird when people who aren't bookies mm-hmm. read stuff that's kind of obscure. Yeah, I think most people hear the name Jack Kerouac and are. And it triggers, like, I've heard that name before, but if I went out and found 10 people and asked them if they've ever read On the Road or Dharma Bums, yeah. the answer is going to be no. 100% of those people are going to say no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it just, I find it so odd that so many random ass people that she meets are like, oh, yeah, Jack Kerouac. Mm-hmm. I know that guy. Yeah. Just seems weird. It is weird. It is weird. <laughs> I don't know why. It's fucking weird. Um, So she's talking to these dudes at this restaurant. And one of the men claimed that she left with a third man who she referred to as Barry. So we've got a random Barry in the mix now. Great. And provided a description of Barry for a police sketch. But neither the other man nor any other customer who had been in the restaurant at the time could actually corroborate this third guy's existence. So one of the men interviewed talked about Barry and described him, Mm -hmm. but no one else can back that up.
0: That's always something that I've found weird listening to episodes about this.
1: Yes. Um, So the, the question is, who, is there a Barry at right, all? Right. Weird. Weird. So, we are at the evidence portion now. Oh, yeah.
0: Leah's car was towed to a police garage where investigators continued to search it for evidence, along with the FBI, who had entered the case at this point because Leah had crossed state lines. And two aspects of the evidence that they developed suggested to them that Leah had been the victim of a crime. First, the amount of money found in her pants suggested that she had spent very little in Bellingham, less than could be expected if she had been in the city for several days. And second, under a floor mat, they found Leah's mother's engagement ring, which Leah wore all the time. And her friends in North Carolina said that she treasured it for the connection it offered her to her late mom and that she would have never taken it off voluntarily unless she had completely forgotten who she was. So I get that. Yeah. Um. Any other, like, random piece of jewelry? Right. Not weird. Right. Um, but yeah, that's weird.
1: It is, for sure.
0: So after four days, Heath and Kara eventually returned home to North Carolina because at this point, what can they be doing? Yeah. Yeah. So working on the theory that Leah might have been injured in the accident and wandered off, police spent two weeks in April searching with help from the dogs and helicopters in the area that Leah may have possibly covered if she had left the scene of a crash. So we almost have like a, like a Bryce Laspisa situation happening.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. With no blood. With no blood,
0: and of course, they found no trace of her. Mm-mm. Security camera footage from the gas station at where Leah had stopped at in Oregon showed her alone and apparently in pretty good condition. Although several times she peered out into the parking lot, um, which of course there was no fucking camera footage.
1: Of course, there wasn't.
0: And she was doing this, like, while at the counter waiting for her, you know, business to be done there. Right. So,
1: a little weird. A little weird. Seems like there was, she might have been experiencing a touch of paranoia, maybe. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I might be the same if I was alone on a road trip. Same. So, this could suggest a traveling companion, perhaps the Barry with whom her dining companion at Bella's Fair had claimed she had left with. But had a man indeed been with her, investigators believe that he did not travel in her car.
1: That I'm a little curious about because the two men that were interviewed from the restaurant, um, the one who actually talked about Barry, Mm -hmm. said that she she was leaving to meet him or... Let me go back to that. um, That she... Claimed that she left with a third man who she called Barry. And so, and he was, he provided a description for the police. So if this man is to be believed, if we just suspend disbelief for a second and assume Barry is real, mm-hmm. she left with Barry, why would they assume he didn't travel in her car?
0: Yeah, I think that's weird. My, no one's taking
1: Separate vehicles. I mean, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. If she had just met him and he said, I have this great cabin. Do you want to come there? And she followed him. I don't know. Seems like an odd assumption to make without any more, like, evidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She didn't. She didn't have a man in her car. Okay. Like, how do you... How have you arrived there,
0: my friend? Yeah, that's just like a... I don't know. Why yeah. is that...
1: Yeah. I don't know. Um. So now we're going to go to reported sightings and then the developments. So a few days after the Jeep was discovered, a man called the sheriff's office to report a sighting of Leah. He claimed he and his wife had seen Leah disoriented and confused, wandering around a gas station in Everett, Washington, which is closer to Seattle. Um, After relaying this, he seemed to panic and hung up before identifying himself. Okay. Police nevertheless consider the tip credible and say that it could have been the last sighting of Leah. I think it's odd that the person reporting the tip panicked and hung up i think that's weird Mm and in 2001 the lifetime television series unsolved mysteries we are all familiar Mm -hmm. ran a segment on the case and that generated some new tips for investigators um reports that leah had been cited elsewhere in the u.s but nothing proved credible that always happens People are like, oh, I saw them over here in Alabama. No, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't, probably. After the initial investigation kind of came to, it It got cold. Yeah. Obviously. Um, Kara asked the Whatcom County Sheriff's Office to keep Leah's car in case more clues turned up years later fucking foresight yeah that's a yeah that was a good move um yeah such a like true crime spirit inside Mm -hmm. of her to know that it was gonna be necessary later on probably this decision actually did lead to some new evidence in 2006 when mark joseph The detective who had originally investigated the case passed his files on to two younger detectives. The younger detectives review the case, and one of them noticed that the car and its contents had not been fully processed for evidence. Of course they hadn't. Of course not. So, the new detectives decided to finish that job. Excellent decision. Thank you. So... No one had looked under the Jeep's hood during the initial investigation. That's so silly. Seems ridiculous. So they pried it open and found that a wire had been cut. Allowing the car to accelerate down the slope without anyone having to press the gas pedal. Alrighty then. Confirming early suspicions that no one had been in the car when it crashed. And had clearly been purposely wrecked. Mm-hmm. The detectives also found a fingerprint under the hood that is not Leah's. And some male DNA on an article of Leah's clothing. There we go. So there wasn't a man in her car. Yeah. I call bullshit. hmm So this led them back to the man who had claimed Leah left the Bella's Fair restaurant with The Barry character. Fucking Barry. Barry. So, the man who had provided the description of Barry uh, worked as a mechanic and had a military background. And this raised the detective's suspicions. Not really sure why. Maybe because, obviously, being worked as a mechanic, he would know what wire, hose, or whatever it is, to cut in the... Mm -hmm engine so that it would accelerate without needing the gas pedal pressed. Right. The military aspect of this I I don't think matters mm-hmm. really. Unless it's survivalist I don't shit. But either. I mean I don't yeah, I don't know what forms that connection. Yeah, I don't know either. But the mechanic I get that is suspicious. Um and he had moved to Canada in the intervening years since the disappearance. And this complicated and lengthened the effort to get his fingerprints and DNA. Well, yeah. Obviously. Obviously. So by the time that investigation discovery aired an episode on Leah in 2011, the fingerprint turned out to not match this fella. But the DNA sample had still not come back. Investigators continue to hope that additional evidence that they collected will lead to resolution of the case. Um, However, repeated searches of the area with dogs and metal detectors looking for the metal rod in her leg Mm -hmm. um, have failed to discover anything new. So this DNA, they still do not have. Yeah. Now, they might have the results. They have not been released. Right. That sounds like something they're holding under their belt for. They do that sometimes. They, they do that shit. So, I don't know. Crime Junkies episode came out in 2018. No DNA updates. None of the articles I read for this particular episode had any more information on that DNA. It's been 10 years mm-hmm. since... The investigation discovery aired the episode and they hadn't, they didn't have it then. They don't have it now. I think it was actually collected in like 2006 or seven. So we're like going on 15 years now. Mm -hmm. There is something underlying that is causing them not to release that. Yeah. So because, I mean, they, they would have the results by now they would ha- yes a hundred percent a hundred percent have to have the results by now so this is one of those cases that i'm creating a google alert for mm-hmm. like our ufos and skinwalker yes i love getting those um yeah so we currently have google alerts for Bryce spisa caitlin akins ufos skin and skinwalker ranch of course we get
0: at a, a ufo and skinwalker ranch every, every day, day. Every day,
1: every single day. But um, I'm gonna set up a Google alert for Leah as well, so that when that information comes out, we'll be able to share it. Right. Yeah. Because it's
0: hard. You you can't be looking that shit up. No. A few times a week to see if there's updates. That's no. Stupid. Yeah.
1: We, we would miss it if. Oh, hundred percent. We didn't set up a, an alert. So. Yeah. yeah. Um. But that is literally the end. That's the end. Yeah, and, I mean, the only thing left is theories. Yeah, theories. There are only a couple theories, really. Yeah. So, the first big theory is that she did,
0: in fact, go on her own Jack Kerouac journey to find herself. But she, of course, intended to return. And in this theory, it's thought that she was probably injured in the car crash. Right. And... You know, we have the note she left in her room, her love for Jack Kerouac, and the fact that she left money for her rent and expenses for roughly mon- one month, um, which is really the first thing I pointed out at the beginning of the episode, that's very planned.
1: Yeah, it seemed very, um, very purposeful yeah, to make she's Yeah, because sure. she's saying, I'm going
0: to be back for the next round of shit I need to pay for.
1: Exactly. And- I think, you know, Nicole obviously had a job, so she she had a roommate because she needed- Obviously, she probably just wanted one, but she also needed someone to help pay the rent. Yeah, like, right. I think Leah probably knew she couldn't afford to pay for shit on her own completely, yeah. so- yeah. And she wasn't going to leave her high and dry while she
0: was out gallivanting.
1: Exactly. And so it it does seem like she fully intended to return. Right.
0: So with all of that, you know, the whole theory is that she was injured in the crash and possibly wandered off, you know, because I would assume in a car accident like that, you have a head injury. Head injury. Yeah. And, you know, the scene looked like she had stayed at least in that area around the jeep after the crash and especially like the like the cat box yeah that seems very intentional Mm -hmm. but there's also the reported sighting by the couple at the texaco in everett washington that they saw a young woman who appeared to be super confused and disoriented so
1: right and what's interesting about that particular reported sighting is that that's the one where the guy panics and hangs up and they didn't get his name. So they also couldn't do any follow-up questioning of that couple. Yeah. So I I don't think they got a description from them or really any more information than that they saw a young woman walking in a disoriented manner. Like, I wonder how disoriented this woman seemed. Yeah. Because I feel like it would be really difficult to see someone and think to themselves, she looks disoriented.
0: Yeah, because if you saw me at the grocery store, you'd probably be like, is she all right?
1: <laughs> Does she have a traumatic brain injury? <laughs> right. But I don't
0: know at what level I'd have to be like, is that person okay?
1: Yeah. I feel like I would have to see physical signs to assume that someone was injured like if she's bleeding from the head and kind of stumbling around right or just
0: like looking up and walking
1: around like that's what i'm picturing in my head yeah like looking oddly around yeah my first thought would probably be is she lost right not disoriented like oh, yeah that person looks lost yeah i should go and ask them are they lost right instead of just going on my merry fucking way right i think that would be my response not this person looks disoriented let's call the sheriff yeah i mean obviously at this point they probably knew a girl was missing and or the maybe had stay crash. there
0: if the sheriff was actually going to report to the scene
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: we've been sitting here watching her, you know? Yeah. So she doesn't wander off.
1: Yeah, and there's no part of the report that says what direction she was heading. Was Mm -hmm. she walking down the road? Did she wander into the trees? What was she wearing? What was she wearing? What exactly was she doing? Was there anyone with her?
0: Why did you think she was disoriented? Did you try and speak with her? Was there a car?
1: There are so (laughs) many questions. So much information that that is necessary if you... Yeah. Because clearly they knew that there was a missing girl. Like, if you knew there was a missing girl and you saw a girl walking around looking lost and confused... If you are concerned enough
0: to report it to the authorities...
1: Yeah. Maybe... Um maybe come with a little more to the table.
0: Yeah, let's get some details. Let's let's become fully
1: committed. Let's do this report. Panic and hang up. That's weird as fuck. Where is she and where did you take her? Slowly sips water and coffee. Mm, yeah. So, that's like a huge that theory I think is like multi-leveled. It's got tears.
0: Yeah. And I mean, really the only other one is that she was murdered.
1: Right. The yes, the other theories that she was murdered. Of course. Okay, so we'll talk about foul play. So obviously the investigators have not ruled out foul play, but they I think are looking at foul play harder than most missing person cases mm-hmm. cuz they're looking at like 50/50 percent she was probably she was murdered. Yeah. So um, there's the witnesses that report seeing her leave the restaurant with a man who's yet to be identified. Mm-hmm. The two men that she was seen with at the restaurant, obviously, at least one of them is suspicious. Because he was a mechanic and right. the whole deal with her car and the wire being cut. So, suspect. He, yep. He's on the list. The wire is weird as fuck. The The wire is a real... That's a real game changer, I think, in this case. Mm-hmm. There is the option that she was injured, so maybe that she had the accident and the wire is a fluke. Red herring, I don't think so, but whatever. So I wonder how clean, like, did they know that it was cut? It didn't say anything other than the that a wire had been cut. So it had to have been clean. Like, it was obviously cut. It was obvious. It had to. If they use the term "cut," it obviously couldn't have been like a wear and tear. Yeah, it wasn't or ripped and ripped apart. Yes, I'm. I'm gonna assume that it had to have been a clean, like cut, Mm -hmm. for them to not clarify as to well this was detached, right? You know, but there is an option that she was just she had the accident. She was injured. She walked away from the accident, but in her disoriented, confused state, she was picked up by someone, taken somewhere, and then murdered. Yeah. That, of course, could happen. Yeah. Which is one of the theories from Bryce Lespeze's case as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the other option that someone took her and then staged the accident. Obviously, because of the way the jeep was found yeah the wire and all that i think the wire in this case is like the rag in the tailpipe from maura murray's case it really fucking is (laughs) it's Uh, the rag in the tailpipe we have to do maura murray soon we we have to do maura murray um we need to set up an alert we do fuck i feel like though maura murray's case is big enough that With Even without an alert, if someone had found something, we would hear about it. (laughs) It would be everywhere. And of course, there's always the option that Leah just got out here in the... She got out into the scenery of Washington and said, I don't ever want to return and just decided to leave with her little kitten. And make that scene look confusing as fuck. And confuse the shit out of some people. Yeah. She left all of her identifying documents. She doesn't have any... She... Maybe she's with Bryce. Maybe she is with Bryce. It's the same-ish area. It is the Pacific, the West Coast. Yeah. They could have met up somewhere and decided, well, this is also like 12 years before Bryce disappeared. <laughs> but, You're you know, right. she's out here living in the woods with her cat. Yeah. And then Bryce just stumbles upon her and is like, yo, can I join you? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> Drop the name Bryce. Your new name is Barry. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. So, of course, in any missing person case, the option that they just walked away from their life It has to be on the table. You have to acknowledge it. But how often is that actually the case? Right. Probably not that often. I don't know. No. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, What are my final thoughts on this? I feel like like she was harmed in some way. I think foul play is the answer. I do, too. That's it. That's that's all we have on Leah. Ugh. Just like any other missing person case, no answers, only questions. It is 12 noon, you guys. That was a good one. Yeah. You know what? For a minute, when you <laughs> looked at and said, oh, we've only been recording for an hour and 20 minutes, I was like, how is that possible? It's 11.40 and you got here at 9. And then I remembered you came over at 10. Oh, yeah. That's true. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Because usually we do nine o'clock. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck did we do for an hour before that? (laughs) Nothing. nothing. Oh, so that's it. Yeah. What do you think about Leah?
0: Yeah. We, I mean, we want to hear from you guys all the time, but I especially want to hear people's thoughts on missing people.
1: Yeah. Or like, yeah. Do you have a different theory that we just were not creative enough to think of? Right. Probably. We want to hear that shit. We so. do. We do. Did we miss an announcement about the DNA? Did we not get the right sources for this? It if could you, happen. If you have some information, please share. Please. Yeah. Um. Our email, what if I told you podcast
0: at com. Yep. Facebook is... What if I told you podcast, Instagram at What If I Told You Pod, and on TikTok, we are What If I Told You Podcast. Yeah. So you'll see our logo on all of them. Yeah. So just reach out to us. And also, if you could, because we love reading them, you should rate us five stars mm-hmm. and write us a little
1: review. Yeah. We're getting quite a few. Rates, I think we have, like, 21 or something. Yeah. That's quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, it's not the millions that shows, like, My Favorite Murder has.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you like something like a podcast, just doing that makes a huge difference. It
1: really does. I don't think I've ever actually written a review of a podcast. No. But I have rated every podcast that I listen to on a regular basis five stars.
0: Yeah. I mean, it takes... One second. One
1: second. Yeah. So we would greatly appreciate it. And uh I think our our rating is like four point five, which is Mm -hmm. good. I wanna know who the dick is that gave us the one star. (laughs) They probably listen to episode one, they're like, fuck this. God damn these two. Uh Haley. She's the originator of our logo. It's perfect. That's her brainchild and it's perfect. Ariel, she did our music. It's perfect. Also perfect. Yeah. It's all perfect. The only two things about this show that are perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. I mean. It's fine. It's 100% fine. Thank you for your mad talent. Absolutely. It's
0: all about who you know.
1: It really is.
0: Yeah. So, So, yep. This is the end. Um it's always real awkward to end an episode yeah it's like getting off the phone yeah like you want to get off the phone that's right I mean I'm not saying I don't want to keep recording but it's like you have to
1: at some point there has to be an end yeah so you're just like all right yep all right yeah that sounds good all right well I'm (laughs) gonna jump off here (laughs) okay all right all
0: right you have a good night it's that midwestern (laughs) exit that's what we're trying to do at the end of this
1: yeah it really is Okay. Well, you guys, we're going to sign off here. Um, And you guys just need to be kind. And stay weird. Okay, goodbye. Bye.